You can try it first. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to the pause button 2.0. I'm Anita Brown. And I'm Jill Johns. And we're here to upgrade your self-care. Yes, I am. Do you want to talk about it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, great. We have content for today. She can talk about that beautiful, eloquent post that she posted last night and people's responses to it. But now that's big nope. All right. Mm. So what do you want to talk about? I don't have a topic. Good. Great. Do you? <laughs> hey, that one. <laughs> am I? Um, there's not. There's not a thing that's going to be 30 minutes worth of me talking about, like, how much I don't want to do this weekend. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't, there's not, I don't know what angle that is. Right. (laughs) Except for that, I've got a lot of shit to do, and I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) and I will, because I have to. Right. That's the end of that. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about that. Are you ready to talk about complaining yet? Do you, do you have thoughts on complaining? We can talk about complaining. We just Maybe yeah. it'll help get my thoughts together to write something. Yeah, I just I think it's interesting because I know that you had talked about um, we had talked before about complaining and how you wanted to kind of shift the dialogue away from complaining is a bad thing to claim complaining is a constructive thing, mm-hmm. and then have been asking people for what their thoughts are. Um, about it and I think I've thought that people on the page had given interesting um, responses, reactions to it kind of along the same lines that complaining can be cathartic and can feel good but that that if you're on the receiving end of it at too much it can be too much and um, I don't know I just I think it's interesting yeah I've noticed that my own reaction to complaining when I'm listening to complaining is that I want it to stop Mm -hmm. and it's not fun to be around people who are complaining and bitching and venting about the same things all the time Mm -hmm. and yet I know that it is it's a form of of expressing something but not really getting to the heart of it and I think that's what the problem with complaining is is that it's not really talking about what's really wrong Mm -hmm. and that's why it ends up being so annoying and it's not like everything has to have a solution like this weekend I'm doing a lot of things I don't want to do and I have to do them But it all comes down to the fear of, like, I'm afraid I'm going to be really tired on Monday. And, like, I'm not going to have a day of rest. And I'm coming off a week that was really busy. And, like, every day felt like like two days. Like, it's, like, my Mm -hmm. before lunch felt like an entire day. And then after lunch felt like an entire day. And that Mm -hmm. was every day. And then today I'm jam-packed from 
getting up at 4.15 until when I like finally stop probably around seven tonight. And then tomorrow would be another 12 hour day. And then Sunday will be another 12 hour day. And then I'm back at it on Monday. So like I can bitch complain about how much I have to do, but that's not really what I'm saying. What I'm really saying is I'm really afraid to be tired. Hmm. And I'm really afraid to be tired because when I'm tired, I don't, I'm not at my best. Like I'm not at what I know my best can be. Right. And I'm afraid of making mistakes because I'm tired because I had too much going on because I, and I'm, and I couldn't do anything about not doing those things. I have to do these things. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to complaining and I feel like there's, you know, the memes that are out there, just being really flippant about complainers or like, you know, stop complaining and do something about your life or whatever. There's <laughs> that kind of message. <laughs> and then there's articles about complaining, about how not to complain, about how to, you know, the different kinds of complaining and blah, blah, blah. And I just think that we're not talking about the right thing with complaining. Mm -hmm. And there's a deeper thing that we're missing. We're not going far, far deep enough down to really find out what it is that's going on. And so when we get to that place of realizing complaining is an expression of a fear and maybe even a boundary, you know, a boundary violation. Like this weekend, my normal boundary is that I do not pack my day so full that I will not have a rest. Like my weekend particularly, I don't do that. Sundays is my rest day. I really, really keep that a sacred, but I have to take a class to keep up my massage license. That is what I have to do. And that means it's a weekend of a class that I don't want to take. So that's not my norm, but I'm feeling it. I'm like angry about it because naturally so I'm angry because my boundaries are being violated. My time boundary of like, keeping sa Sunday sacred as a rest day is being violated. So it's, the emotion of anger is alarming me to the fact that, hey, my time boundary is being violated. And it's like, yes, it is. And it has to be just for this weekend. And I will protect my other times of going to sleep early, of like saying no to other things so I can protect other elements of my self-care, which will address the fear that I have around being tired and not giving my best. And I will self-soothe with compassion, knowing like, Anita, you're just tired. It's okay mm -hmm. that you made this mistake. You're really working hard. You've got a lot going on. Um, this mistake is not like nobody died from this mistake. It's really going to be okay. So, um, when it comes to complaining, I, it's like, I have the surface level reaction, like the meta emotion of like, Oh, I don't want to hear this from some, like, if I'm hearing people complain, it's like, I don't want to hear this, like clearly like find a solution, like, or get to the heart of the matter or whatever. Um, but then my higher self just knows that like, this person is expressing something that's like there's a deep down thing that's way too vulnerable to talk about maybe, or they just haven't discovered it or they're not aware of it. And that's what the real issue is. And so whatever they're talking about, I know that's not the real issue and I don't have to take it on when I'm so annoyed by somebody complaining at me or, or I'm hearing them vent about the same shit all the time. It's like, what really is bothering me is my meta emotions about their thing. It's like, I don't have to take it on. Like, I don't have to find their solution. All I have to do is like, yeah, I know that sounds really hard. I hear you saying that a lot and maybe help them 
dig to a deeper level of, you know, I hear you saying these things repeatedly, like what's going on that keeps this happening in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, And let them do the work of digging. So that's kind of where I'm at with complaining. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, I like the breakdown of recognizing in yourself the layers. It's like, okay, I'm catching myself or I'm noticing myself that I'm feeling um, annoyed or frustrated or like in the complaining state around these things that I have going on and then pulling a little bit more on it and saying, well, what really is it? You know, what what is the thing that's actually causing this to pop up and and what's deeper and what's underneath it then I also really like the flip side because I think uh, so many times we feel like our own complaining is justified but other people's is annoying you know it's kind of like the messaging that we got and I think it's because when we are doing our own complaining we do understand that it's something deeper but when we're listening to other people we can get frustrated with them staying on the surface or not actually getting you know, getting to the root of what it is, or even knowing or understanding that there is something deeper. And I like the gentle, uh, you know, we don't have to fix it for people. We don't just solve it. We don't have to agree or disagree, but, you know, just, um, I like the languaging around like, wow, you know, this seems to be, this seems to be something that comes up often. I wonder what it's pointing to, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I feel like I, I feel like I know that I was like I was a chronic complainer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a complainer, and and there was a a long period of my life where I felt very powerless. And so, me complaining, I also kind of maybe believed the stories I was telling myself about my powerlessness, and and also maybe feeling like this was how the world works. So everyone probably has the same complaint. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I was just maybe being brave by just calling out this shitty stuff that's occurring and whatever and and really not even realizing that I was maybe the only one being bothered by whatever is happening or like whatever mm-hmm. I'm being bothered about is is I'm being bothered about it because I don't have good boundaries and you know it's like it's not a universal law or it's not you know some way that the world works is just absolute crap and, and I'm calling it out because I'm so brave. It's more like you, I do have the power to set a boundary around it. And that's the hard part. And I didn't even realize it. So I was this mm-hmm. chronic complainer. And, um, and I, I, in some like stars aligned kind of moment, I was at work one time in my 20s. And, and I said a sarcastic thing. I was working with my boss who I was, you know, a a chronic complainer about, you know, it's like I wasn't enjoying him or a lot of aspects of the job. And I was working with him on a task and we were waiting for a coworker and to join us and help. And I, she was milling about, she was like in earshot. And so I made a sarcastic comment about like, oh, how we're always waiting on her. And then she shot back with like, oh, Anita, you'll always find something to complain about. And that was like just as sarcastic. And the thing is like she and I were friends. So I know she probably just meant it kind of jokingly or, you know, in that lovingly way of like, I'm calling out you. I love you. But I know that this is your one of your things kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But so this then my boss, who I didn't really enjoy all that much, like gave out the heartiest, most genuine laugh I have ever heard from him. Like, you know, when you're 
at a comedy show and then the comedian like says something that like you experience, but you never really articulated. And then they say it and it's like so fucking funny. (laughs) That's how he laughed. And it was like, it, it just like dawned on me that he's, he's thinking like he thinks this about me and then somebody else finally said it. And then, and then it just like that seed got planted, that feeling of like, Oh, I, I'm being looked at as like a complainer. And then I kind of went through this process of like, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't want to have a life that I'm complaining about. So I need to change shit. If if I'm complaining about something, I need to change it. And I think the problem with that is like, I mean, it led me to basically, um, instead of like pushing through or getting deeper into the complaint, it's more like, I don't want to complain. And so I'm going to push past this. I'm going to quit this thing. I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to quit living here. I'm going to quit blah, blah, blah. I'm just like quitting a bunch of stuff and trying new things that I think will be more fun or more or or better for me or whatever, like trying to do the boundary that way by quitting this other thing instead of going deeper into feeling like, why, what is it about this job that I don't like? So at least in the next job, I really can pick a good thing for me. Or what is it about this job I don't like so that I can work on, is there some way that I can like this job better? Like, is there something that can change here that can feel better to me? And so my life kind of at that point was this, I was just on the surface, like, I'm not going to be a complainer. I'm just going to change the things. I'm going to you know, just be one of those, just do it kind of woman. And so, you know, that set me on that trajectory. But honestly, like I didn't stop being a complainer necessarily. I just stopped telling anybody anything, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then I would just end up being like venting to my mom or my sister or, you know, a friend about my marriage, you know, instead of like talking to him about it. And I would talk to my, you know, Scott about my job and my friends and whatever, instead of talking to them about it. And, you know, not ever really like sinking down into a thing, but just Mm -hmm. skirting over it and then being very selective about who heard my complaining. Mm -hmm. And then when that got to be too much of like, everyone's hearing my complaining too much, then I'll just find some numbing ways to just not feel my complaining Mm -hmm. at all. And so in, um, Carla McLaren's book that we've talked about, The Language of Emotions, she talks about conscious complaining and giving yourself space to complain. But even she advocates to just do it alone, to like not have a friend there or whatever. But honestly, like, I just feel like if everyone can just raise their level of consciousness around this issue and give each other space with empathy and compassion and realizing that we're not here to fix anybody's problems, that we are like really, really doing a fucking remarkable job of helping them solve their problems by just being with them through them. Mm-hmm. And so giving the space and just agreeing to be with them through their thing, helping them explore or whatever. Like, that's all we have to do as friends. Mm-hmm. And maybe even to, to be like, you know, for instance, this weekend, I'm not going to have space to give anybody who wa- wants to complain about their life. So first of all, I probably won't be answering any phone calls or sending out, you know, back any text messages or whatever. So that's one boundary I've got. 
And then another one is, you know, if somebody, if I accidentally pick up the phone and somebody is like, I'm just so pissed about my life and blah, blah, blah. I can just say to them, you know what? I'm in such, I'm not in a good space to, to do this right now. Like I really want to, and I know that I'm not going to be because I'm just too tired and I have to take care of my sleep. Awesome. Yeah. I think about like, I think about situational complaining as well versus like yeah, I don't know if it's chronic complaining or if it's like a set point, you know, for some people to be more on the like Eeyore side of life and then others to be more on the Tigger side of life. Um, but it's interesting because we have that within the construct of our family where we've got one kid who's always like bouncing around and like happy and upbeat and whatever and then I have another child that's a little bit more like yeah it's pretty rough it's pretty tough right now and I catch myself um I catch myself gravitating toward the bouncy one and I also catch myself trying to flip the Eeyore into being more of a tigger you know and so ever since we've been talking about complaining and having it just be without being something that has to be fixed or changed or, you know, flipped into, you know, positivity culturing it. Um, I've really just been able to sit with the, um, you know, when my complainer is complaining, me saying things like, wow, you sound really overwhelmed right now. Um, or, you know, or even just saying, you know, you've figured this out before. I'm sure you'll figure it out again. Or just some of that, like, some of that, um, validating languaging without trying to have to flip it. Like I used to, I used to be like, well, but look at all this fun stuff you're getting to do and look at how great life is. And, you know, you know, see the silver lining to this. And instead it's like, no, that's also me like pushing up against this complainer type personality, um, and not accepting it for what it is and wishing it would be better by being a different way. And so there's also just seeing that that's just, that's just part of the fabric of who he is and that's perfect, you know, and I don't have to flip him into being, you know, more positive or upbeat or seeing life through a different lens or whatever. It's like, that's the lens through which he's going to see life and he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I feel like one of my kids is more on the Eeyore side. And yet when I really listen to him, he just his perspective is just like, that's interesting. Like that he's just he's taking it from a different perspective. And and I also know that he gets a lot of joy out of certain things too. So I think my worry, particularly with kids, my kids, is you know, hearing them complain or be a little bit um, Eeyore-ish about their life is that I don't want them to end up feeling really powerless or um, I don't want them to be suffering through depressions. And so I, it's, it's that tricky, you know, how much do you, how much space do you give just for empathy and compassion? And, and then how much do you do as a parent to be like, is this, but is this a problem? Like, do we mm -hmm. need to... Like, is there a brain chemical imbalance going on or, you know, whatever, um, especially with teenagers going through like so many changes. Uh, but, but when I do just give my, you know, give him the space and give myself self the space to really see him, he is really, I, I just, I really like the way his brain works. Mm-hmm. 
That was just, I, yeah, that's what, one of the things that I observe that I see that the complaining is rooted in a very, very deeply seated value of good and of wanting life to be good and wanting to be ethical. Like there's this like purity side that I observe and it's like so the delta from the purity is where the complaining comes from. And so you're right. It's like looking back to you know, it's probably a balloons and feathers version, you know, where it's like the things that are being complained about point back to one of the pure values that are held, you know, and so it's like seeing the complaining as the verbalized indicator that there's a rub that's rubbing up against one of the values. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like people who are complaining, like they also, like, clearly they have, they want something better. Mm-hmm. They have a, a thing where they want something better and they, and they feel like it should be possible. And yet some part of them really is, is stuck in this feeling of not knowing how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about that, honestly, like, with people that I know, and I and I was like this, like I there was this huge chunk of my, I mean it's like probably a span of like three years, but to me it was like this huge chunk of my life where I was getting no need met in a relationship. You know, it's like I wasn't, I didn't have good friends. I was so fucking lonely. I didn't know how to. I didn't have good friends. I didn't know how to make good friends. It was a time like after high school. I didn't go to college. I was working like like people were older than me seeing me as this kid. And I I just did not know how to connect with people. Um, I was dating a guy who was so um, emotionally unavailable to me. You know, it was like so much disconnection and I didn't know how to make it happen. And it was a very complaining time about, you know, like everything in life, you know, like Mm -hmm. everything in life was a complaining thing. And the guy that I dated was just like, well, so what are you going to do about it? You know, like that kind of response. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know what to do about it. I don't even know what's possible for me to do about it. And even if I, even if somebody gave me an idea, I would feel like that's so out of the realm of who I am that it wouldn't be plausible for me to do that Mm -hmm. thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I get it when I hear, um, you know, I'm around my coworkers mostly. So, you know, I hear about their lives or whatever. And, and it makes me like, there's one in particular, God, I just love her so deeply because I feel like she, I was her, Mm. you know, there's a part of me that was so her and I get it. And I, and I, I, me right now cannot make her get out of where she's at. Right. But I know that saying like, what are you going to do about it? Isn't the answer because that wasn't the answer for me at the time either. Right. And, and so that sense of powerlessness in somebody's life when they are, when somebody's bitching and venting about the same thing all the time, they clearly feel powerless about making the other thing that they want happen. And isn't that just sad? Isn't that Mm -hmm. sad that we just feel powerless about things? I guess it's like, I don't want to just feel angry at these people for not doing <laughs> the thing that's going to fix it because it's that sad quandary. They just feel powerless to fix it. Well, that's where I was in my gig with the hospital. It's like, I knew, like I, it was like, I was having the experience and observing the experience at the same time where it's like, 
I am so miserable. Like, this is not what I expected. You know, it's like all the things where it's like, but then there was the quandary of like, yeah, but it's like, I really believe in the mission or I really believe in my patients or it's like, the, the the things I was complaining about were, you know, personnel issues or interpersonal things. And it's like, but the actual work itself was what I wanted to be doing, what I believed I should be doing felt like it was this higher calling. So my brain was like, ah, like, why, why isn't this right? Why aren't you happy? But the fear that was underneath it was the fear of the unknown. Like, well, what will this look like without this? Or, you know, what does this mean about me? And so, so getting back to that root of understanding what it is and it's like the disappointment of oh I thought this was going to be you know wonderful and it turns out it sucks you know so it's <laughs> like I'm confused about what to do about it and I don't know what to do instead like so for me whenever I've been stuck it's been this paralysis mode of like I know where I am is not meeting my expectations I know what I'm doing is not what I want but I don't know what I want instead. And so I'm just going to kind of hang out here and bitch about it until either somebody, you know, makes the decision for me or the obvious like alternative comes up. Um, And that's, it's like, I've thought about that before. It's like, if I would have just quit the day that I started to complain, you know, it's like, what would have been different? What would have, what would life have been? You know, so there's like, looking back on the experience thinking, you know, I, I, and I was, I did have a heightened awareness. It's like, I knew I was miserable. I knew I was complaining. I knew I was complaining about people. I knew what the feeling was, you know, the disappointment, the expectation. And it's like, but I don't know what to do about it. And so I tried then really hard to like, not constantly be that friend, the broken record who was always like texting or bitching about what was going on at my job. But it was like, but I don't know what to do. And I know that you guys can't fix it for me. But at the same time, it's like, I do have to like extrovert the energy because otherwise the energy is just inside me eating me up, you know? So it's like, I, I get it. It's like, I get being on the receiving end of it. I get being on the giving end and the experiencing end. Um, but I agree. Like what I know is that it's pointing, pointing, pointing to something that just doesn't feel right doesn't align with my values doesn't align with my expectations and so then getting that clarity about what my expectations are and about what my goals are and about what the feeling is that I want to have so I can bring that to me in my next experience you know yeah and and along with that it's also knowing like who is a good resource for you to mm-hmm. help you find that those things like mm-hmm. help you discover those answers and also what to do about it right and i'm thinking about like when i had my program directing job at the at the technical college and I was like, I was immediately like thrown in the deep end, no ability to swim at all and like trying to figure it out. And it took me like three years to finally reach out and and say like, I'm drowning. Like, Mm -hmm. and this, so I reached out to, you know, at first it was like reaching out to my friends and kind of complaining about my boss or complaining about this policy or that policy or how much I feel overwhelmed. And, And they're like, well, that's life. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, that's not helping. And, um, and then, you know, bitching to coworkers about this policy, that boss, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, yeah, that all sucks. And not, we agree. 
And it's like, so then it was just commiserators. Okay. But I don't <laughs> want to keep feeling like this. Mm-hmm. And so finally I reached out to my massage community. So I was a massage instructor. I was, I reached out to my massage community online and was like, I like, I am really drowning in this role and I don't, I don't know what to do. And I want to quit and I want to just walk away from this entire profession right now. And can like, what advice do you have for this? And so, I mean, thank God people reached back to me. Like I spoke to two people on the phone, people gave advice in the comments and, um, and that was what helped. Like they, first of all, completely validated what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So like step one is like validating, giving me the space of like, you know what, what you're feeling isn't wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, you're not crazy. It's like, yes, that is a lot that you're doing. And that is traditionally like, this is exactly what we're, we all go through. And so then I didn't feel alone. And then um, some of the veteran um, program director instructors gave me some great advice about like, look, that's exactly how I was feeling. I felt like that for the first, you know, few years or blah, 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 whatever. Um, here's what, here's what it helps. And so create the infrastructure for this and that, and here's how to do that. And so they gave me this wonderful, actual practical advice of how to better manage my time, how to, you know, just how to do all this stuff to not feel like I'm drowning anymore mm-hmm. and gave me the tools. But then, but the first thing that they did was to validate the fact of like, you're not crazy. Exactly what you're describing is horrible. Yeah. And, and we all, yes, we all did go through that and it is a lot and you're, you're doing a great job just even reaching out and saying this. And, um, and I think like, you know, with our friends and with, you know, even though if we don't have the answers, we can at least realize acknowledging the fact of like, yes, the, what you just described sounds horrible. If somebody treated me that way, I would feel so angry as well. And, and then being like, yeah, I don't know the answers and, you know, and who else can, you know, who else would help you discover, you know, a solution to this thing if you're looking for that. Mm -hmm. Yes. My coaching training, acknowledging and validating is at the core of absolutely everything. What I'm hearing you say is X, Y, Z and the validation that of course, anybody in that position would feel the way you're feeling, you know? Yeah. Not saying you agree, not trying to solve, just the pure and honest acknowledge and validate. Yeah. So I yeah. guess you got me to talk about all that anyway. Even though I, I like, did. No, no, you didn't no. want to talk about it, but I'm glad we did because I think people need it. I need it. I need the reminder. Yeah, so do I. Lovely. Well, you just take one bite at a time this weekend. Thank you. I will. And I will talk to you sometime when I come to the surface next week. <laughs> Don't forget, I'll be waiting. Okay, bye. Bye. If you wanna be-